welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 18, Episode 10, I, Pirate, the book, I, Jedi, by Michael Stackpole, the year, 1998, chapters 32 through 35, with your hosts, Jeff and John, Yar Har Fiddle Dee Dee, saying let's go is alright with me! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast, where I can finally be Jeff, the way I've always meant to be. And John is here, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, this is the place where I can truly be myself. It's true. Yeah. This is a safe place for you to kick back, take your shoes off, mm-hmm. be Jeff for be a Jeff. while. For a while, you know. We established in a recent episode, some other show up recently, that... That obviously we aren't using our real names. Obviously yeah, not. This is the only place where I could be the person I am inside, Jeff. Indeed. On the outside, my I'm Jeffrey. It's uh, it's, it's rough. It's whew, It's not what I want. Yeah. But you know, life circumstances force it. So there you go. And there you have it. And how are you doing? I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. I uh, had a had a late start on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, we're having a late start on recording. It doesn't bother me. It was like I had big plans for the night or anything. Yeah, well, that's fine. Everything's fine. I really no, I really didn't. It's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Oh, it's okay. It's totally okay. Hey, look, it's fine. It's fine. We're gonna both. Look, hey, quit being so upset. It's cool. We can both be adults about this. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> it would be a first if we were. <laughs> I'm just saying the option exists to be adults. All right, fine. We're going to settle this with one quick game of butts up. Let's go to the middle school. <laughs> I need some place that has those racquetball court things. Uh, <laughs> you ever play that? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, do, you, do you know what it is? Kind of <laughs> only from you having mentioned it at some point before. I've mentioned it before? Wow. Okay. It's like a school game where you throw a ball at a wall and then you have to catch it. And if he bounces off you or touches you, but you don't catch it, then you have to go stand with your hands against that wall and let people take turns throwing the ball at your ass. Yeah. 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 That seems like it might have just been a your school thing. I don't think so. I think it's a relatively well-known thing. I think your school just somehow evaded it. You probably had your own weird sadosexual type games that the kids had to play. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just me where every game at my school was basically the kind of shit they'd do to, like, indoctrinate you into being in the Freemasons. (laughs) (laughs) What are we playing after lunch today? Wreck of the Hesperus? I'll get my paddle. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm going to redden so many cheeks. (laughs) Tee-hee. Oh, what a naughty schoolboy am I. (laughs) Nothing telling about this. (laughs) I'm sure this won't be the root of anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, if any of you played Butts Up, let me know. <laughs> let me know if that's a real game or if it's just something that some kid at my school made up for very personal reasons. <laughs> very personal, very weird reasons. <laughs> and it's not the ones you think. <laughs> you just like to hit butts. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, so you're heading off to DC again. I am... Hopefully, this time yeah. for real. I mean, it's a shame that in the time since you should have gone to D.C. and come back, the uh, some j- one judge was like, you know what? I'm going to make it so no one has to wear masks on planes. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, I'm flying out on Delta, and it was Delta's CEO who has been pushing for the no masks things yeah. on planes for ever. Yeah. And so, you know, you know. What an asshole. <laughs> What shit. I love that by the time you're flying back, it may have already been rescinded. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, good. This stupid country. <laughs> this was dumb bullshit, but we did it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, wear three masks. Yeah. yeah. I'll, wear, I'll wear masks for everyone else. <laughs> I just think you should smoke the whole flight. Like, obviously, they only care about your personal freedoms, and not the safety of other people on the plane. Exactly. So just light them up. What are they going to do? Stop you? <laughs> What are you going to (laughs) do? I fail to see how these things are different. (laughs) So, uh, Star Wars, huh? So, Star Wars. How about them Star Wars? Yeah, when when last we left our hero, he was on the Tinta Blue. 
Yeah, yeah, Tinta Blue, the uh, the 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 luxury shuttle that was going to take him to the luxury liner, the Tinta Palette, I think was the name of it. Yeah, and uh, and right as he was getting set for some basic luxury and pretending to be a guy named like Jedon Adanian or something. Yeah, uh, the Invidious, the specific Star Destroyer that he's been uh, ostensibly looking for for the past like six months, just, just happens just to show up, pops in. It is so weird to me. Because I thought this was the plan. I was like, oh, the reason he got on this luxury thing is obviously he wanted the Invids to show up. Mm -hmm. He's going to try and infiltrate them through here. But no, as it turns out, it was just dumb bullshit. It's full-on coincidence, but he meets a guy named, like, Kiwi Spart. And and he's like, hey, Kiwi Spart, come with me to the cockpit. You're the exact type of person that would be named Kiwi Spart. And he's like, oh, (laughs) yes, I am. I find it funny that... That uh, Michael Stackpole really seems to have a great man style of writing, where like Kiwi Spart being slightly irritating is so pervasive to his personality that everyone he meets that is like an, a regular character from one of the Stackpole books like susses it out immediately and is like, like this guy is the worst living human. He talks too much and he deserves death. <laughs> uh, and the reason he's terrible, he won't shut up about all those Michael Stackpole stories. <laughs> That's right. Michael Stackpole doesn't want to hear you talk to him about his books at conventions anymore. God damn it. Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than someone telling you stories that you already know. Well, I mean, that much is definitely true. Yeah. I've heard that that was what ruined the Adventure Zone's, like, big event, like, uh, like what we call them, fan meetups and stuff, was that everyone who came up to ask questions would always just, like, recite lines from their shows <laughs> and try and get them to be like, yeah, you're funny. You should be on the show with us. Ha. Huh? And, you know, eventually killed it because professional funny people are are professionally funny. <laughs> anyway, Kiwi Spart talks too much. So we've got him in the, uh, the two of them are now in the shuttle and there's the Invidious right out front. Just big ass fucking Star Destroyer. Yep. And, uh, you know, basically at this point, they're like, all right, I'm going to fly this out of here. Kiwi, you got to. You got to get on the nav and tell me where to go because we're going to make a short jump one direction and then spin around and do a long jump in another direction mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then do another jump to go elsewhere. Yeah. We, I need you to make a short jump to one direction, which is why I'm going to need you to be in sync with me. <laughs> and then we're going to make another jump back, <laughs> street <Good> boys. <laughs> Now, one thing we can't do is get within 98 degrees of that Star Destroyer's ozone. Uh, Yeah. It's okay. I might be the new kid on the block, but I'll get us out of this. Uh, And then drinks are on me at the S Club 7. So anyway, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, <laughs> he just got Spartan there to run the Nava computer, which feels silly. Like, I, I guess the, I don't think this pilot, the, the shuttle required an extra guy up there to do that. But you know what? Might as well let him feel useful. Uh, and I mean, also the, uh, the the stewardess is going to come hang out with them, too. Well, I mean, once they go to take off. Anisya. Yeah. But I like this in that he's just like, OK, I'm going to try and get out of here. And we get his internal thing. Where he's like, OK. Obviously, this is a big, dumb boat of a ship, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't maneuver like a fighter. But the one nice thing is, because it's a big, dumb luxury cruise ship thing, it has big, dumb luxury shields. Yeah, it's got some unreasonably top-of-the-line shields for a ship of this design. I assume to repel piracy, which might make them pretty reasonable, actually. Yeah. Um, So he, he has a... He has the shields turned on. He finds out the ship's a little more maneuverable than he expected. He has uh, Spart not only start putting in the navigation uh, controls, but also when the Invidious calls and is like, "Hey, you, the shuttle, why are you moving? Don't move, <laughs> don't move, or we'll kill you." We're a star destroyer with many fighters. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And uh, Horn's just like, "Spart, talk to them." Hey, Spart, get that. I'm flying. <laughs> and I love that Spart's responses are just so bewildering that it it works <laughs> a little bit. It's, it's yeah. basically a, a, we're fine here. How are you moment? Yeah. Like they call him like, what the fuck are you doing? You're being so stupid. And he's like, hello. Hi, this is the tint of blue. How can we help you? <laughs> They're like, what? Stop. And then he just goes, are your intentions honorable? <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say. And it 
it's weird enough that it apparently stuns the people who are doing the call because the next time they get a callback, it's Tavira herself, the admiral in charge of that Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, because apparently she saw the guy at comms just going, what the? What? Just doing the but, Italian Spider-Man meme. Just, oh, no. What the fuck is this guy doing? So she had to go over there and be like, yeah, this is Admiral Tavira. Um, We're going to blow you up. Clearly you have stymied my radio operator with your weirdingtons, but you won't get me. Well, I just need to let you know, if you keep doing this, we'll, you know, kill you and all that. Yeah, so well, maybe she, stop. It's great because her line is basically like, are you playing? A, uh, we're not playing games with you. And then uh, Horn takes the, to the con and he's like, yeah, I'm playing games with you, though. Try and catch me. Ah. And then he starts doing spinny flippity spins. Yeah. That's a good trick. Mm -hmm. And that it, it, it's funny how how uneventful this is. He goes into a spiral to get away from the Star Destroyer. They shoot at him a bunch, but don't really hit, except for a couple shots that sping off the shields. Oh, yeah, because he's like, oh, because I'm doing a weird spiral maneuver, mm -hmm. uh, it's enough that the gunners had to recalibrate just slightly so that instead of taking one huge barrage, like... We had staggered lasers so the shields could actually take one hit at a time. Yes. And uh, then they fly out to one end of the Corellia solar system and then warp back to the other end. They're going to a place where there's a casino that he's hoping that Booster Tarek will be parked at at the moment. Yeah. I don't remember the name. It was a long, weird yeah, name. Yeah, it's something like, Aranishananadoo. Yeah, he's going to Aranishananadoo. <laughs> Obviously. Famous <laughs> Star Wars planet, Aranishananadoo. You don't know. <laughs> Look, <laughs> try me. <laughs> Ten bucks says we're right on accident. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making up a name and they're like, oh, huh, what do you know? Remember that time we were like, there's probably a planet called Boda Jeff. <laughs> fuck you it's where obi-wan's from boda these nuts <laughs> uh so anyway uh el shandaru pika el shandaru pika no no it's shanna banana do or whatever it was <laughs> earlier it's a bonanza <laughs> Uh, but they're going to go there because there's a casino there where Booster Tarek will often go when he's in downtime uh, because he's got a crush on the owner of the casino, uh, which is a thing that Horn knows, but he's not allowed to talk about because his wife thinks that that woman is a hussy and she's too young for her for her distinguished old dad. Yeah. Don't you date someone young. <laughs> Gross. Dude's got to start a story. You can date who he wants. Gross. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, sure enough, he's there, though. There's a Star Destroyer hovering over this planet, which has got to be a real pain in the ass for, like, Booster Tarek on a regular basis to fly into ports at, like, random small planets and be like, Sup, how you doing? I'm like a friendly merchant slash smuggler king or whatever. Yeah, it's a Star Destroyer Mark II. Um, please it's, it's ridiculous. Please don't scramble fighters, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to call ahead. Yeah. You got to be like, yo, I'm going to show up soon with my Star Destroyer. Please don't freak out. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, but they, sh I, they show up right there. Horn's just like typing a big text message to him mm -hmm. so that when he does call in, he's like, Hey, can we park there? They're like, ah, yes, please come in. Uh, here, all these wealthy people that have been on there. Enjoy my casino. <laughs> yeah. Basically all the people, the other passengers of the, uh, the luxury cruise shuttle, are just immediately escorted up to diamond level, the, the 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 rich people level of Booster's Star Destroyer. Yeah. Um. Where Booster, now knowing that he has to maintain Horn's cover at the moment, is like, "Hello, Captain Genosidanian. It is lovely for you to stop by." And this is the point I was talking about, where where um, Horn is just like, "Hey, this is Kiwi Spart. He's useful, and I feel like you might you might want to hire him as a, like guy to be part of your pirate crew. Yeah, he's super great at navigation. Like that's his whole that's thing. His whole deal. And it turns out that Tarek has been hunting for a good navigator. But Kiwi Sparts just like, wait a minute, is this the Errant Venture, the ship that helped it win at the Battle of Thyphora? And right, that was all he had to say. And immediately, Booster's like, this guy's so fucking annoying. I hate him immediately. I'm going to pawn him off on this Twi'lek. And then the Twi'lek is like, this guy has talked to me for less than two seconds, and I already hate him. I fucking hate him. I don't want to. We're going to just throw him out an airlock. And it, they don't even let it up at that point. Like, Keefe just helped Horn live, like, just helped save a bunch of people's lives, had a big hero moment where he helped fight off the Empire. And the moment they get to safety, everyone's just like, this fucking guy. Ugh. <laughs> Because they find out that Mara Jade and Lando are here on the Errant Venture as well. Indeed. And uh, 
first thought that Horn has is like, oh, dude, go send Keithy Spart up to bother Lando. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, man, so is Lando, you know, breaking your bank? And he's like, eh, close enough. He's like, oh, you should send Spart to talk to him. Let him know this is Lando and have him ask about blowing up the Death Star 2 at Endor. And he's yeah. like, dude, that's mean. That's, your father was never that mean. <laughs> Which is like, seriously, lay up on this guy. He's he's just an excitable little dude. He's, he's fine. He's he's so happy. Just give him a beer and chill. Just be like, here you go, Keefe. Have a space beer. And he'd be like, yay. It's also interesting to me that everyone is like, this guy's so annoying because he won't shut up about things that I already know about. And I'm like, hey, has anyone ever told him uh, that's fine? Please don't talk to me. Because it feels no. like no one has told him. Yeah, I already know that. It's okay. Yeah, the whole thing with uh, with Horn was when he met him, he was like, this guy talks fucking forever. That said, that's perfect for my cover right now to not just tell this guy to shut up because the more he talks, the more I don't have to. Yeah. So you just rattle on, Keevy Spart, and I'll live in my own head. Talking too much up there to the detriment of the readers <laughs> who would really wish I'd just shut up and shoot something. <laughs> but anyway, Tarek's like, okay, now you owe me like a bunch of favors because this is like the second time in a, two weeks I've had to deal with you. What the fuck do you want? And uh, basically, Horn's like, we ran telemetry data and gathered as much information as we could when we were escaping from the the uh, Invidious. Yeah, the blue has a really good sensor package, obviously, because, you know, all the luxury stuff on there, they're like, oh, it's super top of the line. Yeah. Just because it can be. So he's like, oh, I got tons of readings yeah. while we were making our escape. So what I need you to do is take your big-ass team of crypto analysts and so on from back in the 90s when crypto analysts didn't didn't just mean douchebag <laughs> i mean it still kind of did <laughs> but but yeah it, he's like i need your crypto analyst people to like look at the data i have to see if they can figure out what that ship is and and uh booster's like yeah we already started i gotta tell you right now that they're running a fake iff transponder hey you think i don't know they'd be running a fake iff transponder obviously i know they're running a fake iff transponder because i'm a former cop well i'm a former smuggler and let me tell you something they're running a fake iff shut up you're worse than <laughs> kiwi smart <laughs> the both of yous <laughs> But it turns out that they're able to run, they run its engine ion trails or something. Yeah. He's like, okay, you know, you can change out the transponder as much as you want, whatever. We do that all the time. But if you can get enough and good enough readings of the engine, you can trace it back to, like, any sort of readings you've had on similar ships. Mm -hmm. And they finally find out, they're like, oh, this is a ship called the Backstab mm -hmm. that used to belong to these pirates it still does but the pirate co uh, group that it belonged to got wiped out by the empire a while back and the few survivors basically the backstab and the in the uh, fighters that were uh, stored aboard it uh signed up with admiral tavira's squad and now they serve as invid pirates just very weird to me that they're like we hate the empire so much they killed 97 percent of us and all we want to do is hunt them down anyway hey how are you let's join you yeah i mean this it kind of makes sense because this period of galactic history in star wars is basically anyone who was an admiral or a moth or whatever grabbing as much power as they can and then pre some of them, you know, like Hethrier and so on, are like, I will rebuild the Empire. Dela's like that, too. Yeah. Uh, but this one, Tavira's not about rebuilding the Empire. She's about maintaining her own. She's like a zinge. She just wants to maintain her iron grip over her little area of space. She's like, I want to be rich, and I'm yeah. going to have that. Yeah, it's there's there's like two kinds of ex or the three, I guess, because there's also Hethrier types who are like, I shall reforge it with force users. And then the other ones who were like, I hate force users. And the problem was that we had two force users in charge. I mean, the problem was the people in charge. I don't think it mattered so much that they were force users. But, you know, I think if you stripped the force power away from Palpatine, he'd still be a just a real piece of shit. I feel like a lot of these books suffer from our what we know now because of the prequels that like the Empire existed for maybe 20 years. Yeah. Which really makes it feel like not the edifice of stability that so many of these former Imperials try to claim it was. Yeah, every time someone's like, we'll rebuild the Empire, I'm like, Dude, just make whatever you were gonna make. I'm sure it'll last about as long. It's lasted about a it lasted about a quarter as long as McDonald's has so far. <laughs> and is about a quarter as evil. Hey, that's right. I got opinions about fast food or whatever. Like Amazon's been a lot around longer than the Empire ever made it. It's it's just not a very impressive statistic. No. 
But anyway, um, Mara Jade is there with yeah. Lando, and Mara comes to visit, and she is wearing Lando's clothing. Yeah, we don't get that at first. It's just said that she's dressed a little mannish, and it's weird that she is. She's got a rad cape, though, so you yeah. immediately know she's dressed from Lando's stuff. And I think she's got, like, a gold lame tunic or something on. But yeah, she's dressed all uncomfortable, and she's... and. uh the first thing that Horn does when he meets her is he's like, what the hell are you wearing? What are, you're usually more like a bodysuit type. And she's like, yeah, so I came here with Lando because I'm trying to research a guy named George Cardis. Uh, that's part of a whole story that takes place in the Kevin J. Anderson books. Um, but she's like, I'm here with Lando to information gather. He told me I didn't need to pack clothing. And then when I got here, no, he's like, I have a small wardrobe. And then when I got here, he's like, oh, we need something befitting where we are, and then he just stole all my clothes and gave me a bunch of dresses. Yeah, he gave her a bunch of hot lady dresses. So he's, he's all these, like, mini dresses and shit. And, and she's super pissed about it, because she's like, I don't do that. That's not me. Yeah, she's like, he just got a bunch of clothes that he wished I would wear. Yes. So instead, she just raided his closet and has been continuing to do that, knowing how much it bothers him. Yeah. Uh, so she's wearing Lando's clothes, and she looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And at this point, we get into a long discussion about uh, he's got information on Cardis from his grandfather. It's just one of the names. Yeah. He, so he's like, hey, I've got some Cardis info. You want it? Here you go. Here you are. Um, and, and she's like, oh, thank you. And then he gets into a conversation where the two of them are worried that or she is worried that Luke may think that him, that Horn and Mara Jade were dating briefly well, or like hooking up. Yeah, because he's like, oh, you know. I talked to Luke before I left, and, you know, he's healed physically, but not so much mentally from the whole Eggs Arcoon thing that happened and yeah. everyone leaving. And he mentions, like, oh, he was real happy that you showed up yeah. to be there when he was all fucked up, but he was kind of pissed that you left before he really came to. Yeah. And, and he mentions, you spent more time with me during my convalescence than him. And that's what sparks her to be like, Oh, does he think there's something going on between us then? Yeah, and uh Horn's like, "No, no, he's not he's not dumb. He doesn't he doesn't think that. Like, he just he just was hoping to see you more, I think." Yeah, cuz we would be the worst relationship. Yeah, they they have a bad way of saying it. It's something like we're tightly coiled springs set in to the go wrong off direction. in the opposite directions or something, which is like, uh, Star Wars it down 40%, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really just like Oh, yeah, you should say uh, we're we're too similar in that we're just, like, tightly wound fighters. Yeah. And we need someone to chill us the fuck out. Yeah. Well, we're we're very similar in that we're both, like, lightsabers, but I'm a, I'm a blue crystal, illum crystal, and you're more of a red zeocyte crystal, so... You think I'm evil? <laughs> well, you do have a red lightsaber. Hey. Actually, she doesn't. She has Luke's old green... The, the original Luke's old green one. Aw. Oh. I think. I forget which one. Which, which she is. Yeah, she's the one you got from Luke. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they have a little conversation and mm -hmm. he's just like, yeah. Anyway, we also talked about the dark side and how I think that's bullshit. Basically, yeah. It's he, just Stackpole talking about the dark side. It's well, it's really it's more Stackpole telling us, even though as far as I know, he asked permission from Anderson to write this book set during that and interweave his character into it. Uh, it, it really feels like he keeps judging it. I mean, he's, he's like, I had to leave. Fucking Kipteron was allowed to stay, and that fucking guy is not coming to justice the way I think he should. Yeah, dude blew up, like, two star systems. He should probably face some kind of tribunal. Yeah, maybe just a few days in jail or something, but it feels to me like Luke just walked into the, the uh, New Republic Council and was like, nah, no, uh-uh, mine. How, how, it's... It's like Kip Duran blew up two star systems and as punishment got turned into a Jedi Knight. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but also he has a whole bunch of opinions. This is just Stackpole talking about four stuff where he's like, yeah, yeah, I think Luke has a weird perspective on the dark side because of how he got introduced to it. Yeah. He's like, I think most people, you know, go kind of back and forth between light and dark. It's not quite the epic struggle that he makes it out to be yeah it, there's a point where mara jade backs him up by basically saying like oh yeah luke doesn't really understand evil the way you and i do because of the jobs that we've had in our lives like he thinks every evil is a grand sweeping cackling maniac yeah he's like he, he had to fall to the dark side to save the galaxy yeah and that's his baseline level of what happens with the dark side yeah where you and i kind of both understand that sometimes evil people are just shitty yeah sometimes <laughs> 
you're just an asshole and sometimes you're a decent person and you do something evil yeah. and you regret it and then you don't <laughs> so yeah he's got this whole long theory he spools off does horn i mean a stack pole i mean horn yeah where he's like basically the way i see it there's like 10 percent of people that'll never even slightly go to the dark side they're just and this is the thing this is basing off a of supposition he says that Force users and regular folk are only different in that force users have force sensitivity. In all other regards, they're the same people. So 10% of them are never going to be evil at all. They'll just always be good guys their whole lives. Similarly, 10% of people are just always going to be bad guys. They're going to wallow in that dark side and they don't care. They're just going to be basic and shitty. And the rest of us, we kind of dance around the middle in various directions and so on and so forth. And I feel like he takes that too seriously. Plus, it's really hard for him to constantly give me advice about falling to the dark side when he's done it like twice and I've never done it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get Mara's point when she's coming back. She's like, look, you got to understand, like, every Force user he knows and every member of his family and everyone he loves has fallen to the dark side. <laughs> uh, and, the, I mean, the big problem is it would be okay if it was like, oh, they fell to the dark side and then came back and it was fine. But he's like, him and everyone he knows is so high up in the order of things in the galaxy mm-hmm. that if they fall to the dark side, it's a big deal. Yes. If some dumb schmuck is like, hey, I've got a little bit of force sensitivity. Oh, I used it for dark side stuff. You're looking at like, what's his nuts, Streen or whatever, who's like, I made a crow dance. I guess he could he could potentially do something. He's got enough force powers to be able- What if Elan Sleaze Bagano had just enough evil dark side sensitivity to sell... 10% more death sticks per year because he was just that f- little level of force convincing. Yeah. He'd come and be like, hey, you do want to buy some death sticks. Huh. I want to buy some death sticks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you definitely got to stop that guy. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's a It's a very different way to look at it because so much of the time, writers and the movies and everything are like, oh, no. They portray the dark side as being like, it's not just the actions you do, but it's like a sentient form of the force that wants you to be bad. And if you fall, it like gets its hooks in you and makes you worse. Well, notably, even these, this book has already introduced us to basically that thing, which, you know, if you're slightly evil on, on Yavin 4, then Exar Kun shows up and he's like, yes, and now I'll blow your brain out with my force microwaves. <laughs> Yeah, all right. So, I mean, it's just, that's what happened to Gantoris. Gantoris fell to the dark side, felt bad about it, and was like, I won't fall to the dark side anymore. And Exarcoon just showed up and microwaved his head. Yeah, well. It's just, so yeah, the the, the books do tend to be written as anyone who is for dark side just becomes instantly, like, a plotting mega aggressor. Well, no, because Gantoris went dark side, stopped, and was like, fine, I won't. It's not like him going dark side is what killed him. It's Exar Kun killing him. No, I know. The, the, Gantoris is an interesting... But, but I'm basing this on Luke's perception of dark side falls. Ah. Um, it, it, with the one single exception of Leia, who clearly fell to the dark side and no one cared. Yeah, well... Because every know. time we read Leia using force powers in any one of these books we've read so far, notably Crystal Star, that is very clearly the dark side when she, like, traces a path to her children through a rage-powered tear, uh, blood-red trail through hyperspace. Yeah. You're like, that's dark side. But the book doesn't even mention it. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it very briefly is like, has her go, huh, wonder if this is dark side. Don't care. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> Leia's a bad guy, everybody. I don't. I, I hate to tell you, but in the expanded universe, Leia's a bad guy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they find out that it's the backstab. They know the backstab is operating out of yet another impossible to remember, complicatedly named Star Wars planet. Yeah. It's like a Shishi Bashushu or something. And it's, uh, <laughs> we're going to look it up. It won't be anything close. No, it's, it's just like, it's Krako. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's, this is a uh, group of pirates calling themselves, um, the survivors, the survivors. That's right. They used to have a different name. Uh, but they operate a full-sized amount of pirates operating out of one fairly large ship, the the backstab, but enough that they have like six squadrons of fighters. Yeah, so the they cur- are on the in the Kuiumin system mm-hmm. on Kurkrus. There you go. I thought it was a longer and the thing. city is Vlarnia. Vlarnia. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff. So they're uh- <laughs> yes, but they used to be called what you're thinking of is the pirate company, which is the I Tiramin Bat Eve Pirate Company. Thank you. That is what I was thinking of. Okay, so, so uh, his plan, Horn's plan, is to 
go there and infiltrate the pirates. And Booster's like, how the fuck are you going to do that? That's dumb. Yeah, he was like, my plan is to show up on that planet with a giant Star Destroyer and go, I'll bomb you to shit unless you tell me where Mirax is. Yeah. His whole deal is he's like, yeah, I've seen what Tavira has. She has a victory class Star Destroyer. I have an M-Star 2. It's actually like the the one between uh, star, uh, victory class and executor class. The super? Uh, yeah, it's not quite a super, but it's also not quite a victory class. It's a bigger one than that. Yeah. So he's like, I have an M-Star 2, so I can show up and just fuck shit up. And he's like, that won't help. That won't work. That won't find your daughter. Yeah, Let we me do- don't even know if they know where Mirax is. Probably not. Probably you have to get someone on the actual Invidious. Yes. So let me do this my way. And what's his way? He's going to go give them the shuttle and be like, hey, I'm the guy who you tried to take a shuttle from. And I like your moxie, so I want to join up. And I brought you this shuttle. I got... And these two droids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I'm holding a thermal detonator. (laughs) This is another one of those plans that you try in like a role playing game where he's just like, oh, one hundred percent. I'll just fly in with this spaceship and give him that, and be like, "Can I have one of your fighter jets to fly and probably die?" I know I have a luxury liner, but I'd like to trade it in for a modified Tie Fighter, please. And everyone, instead of being like, "That's incredibly suspicious," they're just like, "Yes, <laughs> it's great." <laughs> he just shows up and he's like, "Hello, I had to leave on this uh, shuttle because you might have, I don't know." forced me to stay somewhere where people who were after me would find me so i had to leave but here it is back and i've got your boy and he's he's alive but he's under the care of my guys and also i've got information that is what led me here mm-hmm. and also that information is under care of my boys my boy's got a lot of stuff okay that's a great part where this dude that he's talking to his name is like jack knive or something like that yeah jacob knive i think it is uh it, he's just like uh, where, where he's like, yeah, I, I left no ties behind. I'm willing to join your pirate organization. And Knife is like, you mean no ties except for the ties to the people who you have who are keeping my man under hostage, right? And Horn's like, oh, shoot, you're smart. Oh, oh, I thought you'd be dumb. <laughs> yes, yes, no ties except for that one very conspicuous tie, yes. <laughs> uh, all ships except your four fastest, you mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> Oh, of course, not those ones. <laughs> I haven't watched that in a while. Hey, that's because you don't got the depression like I do. Yeah, I have to watch movies for people with anxiety. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> movies for people with anxiety. <laughs> I don't know. Probably like Milo and Otis. Yeah, I was going to say, just, just <laughs> some cute stuff. Just movies where dogs are happy. <laughs> <laughs> what did you watch? Uh, the Puppy Bowl. I've watched Benji the Hunted 135 times. All right. Anyway, um, so this knife guy uh, basically he basically has to go through a gauntlet of being introduced by or, like he flies the ship in and just parks it and waits for pirates to raid the ship. And he's just having a drink. And he's like, great. Take me to your leader. And knife is like, yeah, you're real suspicious, but I want you to meet my other two top people because they're going to be important later. Maybe there's some lady whose name I forgot and some dude whose name I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got Ramont. What? Yeah, uh, he's got a second-in-command uh, black woman who's just like, hey, I'm I'm intelligent and great, and I'm I'm here to be the right-hand person to the to knife. And here's our newest dumb asshole. <laughs> I also I really did like that when he, when he introduced the second-in-command, they're like, she's almost as tall as Lando Calrissian, and I was like, that's a weird point of comparison. Oh, and the same color. Oh, oh, okay. oh, I get it. All right, never mind. <laughs> that's why you were comparing them. <laughs> I just like to think that he goes through life comparing everyone by height to Lando Calrissian. <laughs> ah, you look about four inches taller than Lando Calrissian. What? A, a Wookiee, huh? You're about 1.6 Lando's Calrissian. Ramont <laughs> uh, <sighs> doesn't like him immediately, and that's because he's going to be a, the biggest bitch in the prison yard for uh, for Horn to make his name with later. Oh, good. I just looked up the second-in-command, Tyresi Gert. <laughs> Ah, uh, Gert. <laughs> yeah, her and, and her uh, genetically modified Velociraptor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But he, he's Remart like, is just a big dumb asshole. Yeah. I, at first, I thought he was going to be Galandro the Gunman from the old uh, Brian Daly books, because he was described as having a comically fancy mustache. Aww. But no, different guy. Um, anyway, he's like, hey, can I fly for you? And Knife is like, yeah, sure, but we're going to put you in Rock Squadron. 
they're the only one with any vacancies. Yeah, Bolt Squadron, which we're in, is the super cool, elite, badass version of it, and we just... <laughs> We had one vacancy, and it went to this dumb asshole. Yeah, so uh, that that was Remart. Yeah, Remart. James and, Remart. And Remart is there because uh, Rock Squadron voted him out because they're like, oh, he's good enough to fly in Bolt Squadron, but also he's the galaxy's biggest dumb asshole, and we don't like him, so we wanted him out. Yeah, they gave him a promotion specifically just to get rid of him. Yeah, they're like, well, we can't kill him because mm -hmm. then we'll get murdered, so... Now he's your problem, Bolt Squadron. What's neat is when I mentioned earlier that Horn uses him as his, like, find the biggest guy in the prison and beat him up moment. It's it's uh because he tried ar that to do that already and got rebuffed. Because he gets sent down to this Rock Squadron, goes and meets with his new XO in Rock Squadron, who's like, hey, this is your room. He opens the door to his room and it smells bad. Yeah, it's, well, it's very it's clearly, like, oh, there's a, like, the person who was in here was, I think it was supposed to be Remarks. the Shist of Venom. Oh, it was supposed to be uh, Kate's room yeah. then. And it was like, oh, it stinks, and they weren't, like, sleeping on the bed. They just had a pile that they slept in on the floor. Yeah, and so it's all crappy in there. And and uh, Horn's like, oh, I see. You're going to haze me as the new guy. Well, I know how to handle that because I'm the big badass guy who knows how to handle every situation. So I'm, I'm going to knock on the neighbor's door, and then the neighbor turns out to be Kate the Shistavan, and he smells it, and he's like, oh, God damn it, you're the one who had this room. <laughs> all right, I'll go find someone else. And, the, and I, I love the, that the leader's like, what you want to just try that on me i've got the best room are you gonna you're just gonna go through the list until you find one you think you can beat up and beat them up and take their room that's not how we do things i'll just go in town hire cleaners and have them clean your room like come on man don't do this i know you want to establish that you're a super cool badass and that you can beat people up yeah but this isn't a prison yard we are a very tight-knit group of people, mm -hmm. and we don't want... And he's like, I don't want you to start stirring shit in my squadron. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate that, because I think Horn just had a misapprehension of how pirates operate. Oh, yeah, he I was like, he oh, I get it. They're just an outdoor prison. Yeah, pirates, you're all lawless, and I I understand that in order to get ahead, you gotta show how cool you are. Yeah. And they're like... No, we're just a very tight-knit group of people. and Please don't try and beat any of us up. Like, you earn your place in the squadron by being good and by helping to keep the rest of us alive. So this is dumb. Don't do this. Anyway, if you want to go fly and, like, establish your bona fides with me, we can go do that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you do a good enough job, I'll pay for your room cleaning even. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Kate the Shistavenin, albino Shistavenin. Yep. Uh, and very sensitive to sunlight. So she's uh, much happier being out in space than on planets. Yes. When she has to go around on planet, she has like a giant cloak and super dark goggles. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's kind of neat. And if in case you're super out of touch, just the Venons are like the werewolf guys. Yeah, it's right. a werewolf lady. Yeah, she's a cool werewolf lady. So they go to get in the ship and fly around and have a little pot shot contest. Now, another chance for Ty Uglies. Lord knows Stackpole loves his uglies. I mean, these aren't uglies. They are. Um, they the, mention uglies later. Those are also uglies. Eh. These are uglies. I, uh, trust me, I know my Star Wars ships. <laughs> They're flying in what are called tri-fighters, which are actually very hard to look up nowadays because droid tri-fighters are now a thing. Huh. They're the uh, they're the ones that they're, they're from the uh, Clone Wars era. They're like a round ball that has three wings, you know, kind of in, in a triangle around. Yeah, see, that's what I assumed they were. They are. Uh, but what they are what they've done here is they've taken a tie ball and they've taken chunks of old tie wing and shaved them down and made uh, the same thing where it's got one every like 120 degrees. Uh, that that, st that go around the tie ball. So they're a lot smaller, but they are made of old ties. They are not a ship that was built purpose-driven off the line. They're they are retrofitted and modified. Okay. Yeah. Because um, when I looked at them, I was like, oh, yeah, tri-fighters. I've seen those before. Yeah. They're an actual thing that is made. Yes. Uh, that the, And that's there's a couple different examples. thing is, there's like 500 kinds of tie fighter because there are so many video games. Yeah, well. So there's <laughs> there are multiple versions of tie, including the tie dart. And the TIE Advance that go to having three wings instead of two. Yeah. Um, these are an ugly version of one of them from... They're just a Stackpole thing. Stackpole loves uglies. And what he loves to do is take ships and be like, these are TIE Fighters made out of garbage other TIE Fighters. They're just garbage turned into other garbage. Also, they're better than TIE Fighters. Yeah. It was... What is this? Oh, we took the design of a TIE Fighter, except we... Fucked around with it and slapped things at random angles, but it's better and more maneuverable. It has shields and can go to hyperdrive and has an ion cannon and gets better fuel mileage. They do that constantly. It's, it's, got, it's got satellite radio. Yeah. Seat warmers. <laughs> Seat seven. There's a blowjob machine. 
And unlike the regular TIE fighter, it's on the inside of the ship. <laughs> you lose more pilots that way. <laughs> I gotta try and get to that blowjob machine. <laughs> it's right there. I can see it. It's on the wing. <laughs> There's a blowjob machine on the wing of the plane. <laughs> Just imagining that fucking furry bullshit goblin with his dick in the wing of the plane <laughs> ah, shatner all like you gotta believe me there's a there's a thing on the wing and it's getting its dick sucked <laughs> by the wing uh, okay mr shatner all right <laughs> so anyway uh yeah the, the the he spends forever like most of a chapter just describing the interior layout of the of a uh the the tri fighters cockpit. Yeah, it's it goes roomier on. because it's a ball. Yeah, and he just goes. On. But it, it's roomier, but it has to be because they don't have interior environment. So you had to wear a flight suit. Yeah. Um. So he, but he spends forever being like, okay, well, this is where the throttle is, and this is the way the throttle works, and here you can see the targeting system, and it goes right up the middle. But I still have a really good view because these things have surprisingly big front windshields, and because uh, there aren't big side wings like there are in a regular Tie Fighter, they carved windows into the side of it, so it's got a better field of vision than a Tie Fighter. Frankly, I don't know why they didn't just start building these in the first place. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he goes ahead and he's like, oh, it's got. Way better maneuverability than, say, an X-Wing, but, yeah, well, you know, you can do goofy, uh, like, tricks in it well, the where throttle, you can do you can a reverse spin it around. In, yeah. And, yeah, it's just got all kinds of neat powers and tricks. He's like, the thing with an X-Wing is it's not the most maneuverable ship in the galaxy, but it doesn't need to be. It's got super high-range turbo lasers and a, uh, a rocket launcher system or a missile launcher system. Yeah, he's like, this. the sensors on this aren't very good, but... Since you don't need to lock on missiles or anything, it's just got blasters. Yeah. You don't need it to be at extreme range. So he goes up into space with his, his CO and dogfights for a while and loses because he isn't used to flying these types of ships. Yeah, he's never flown one of these before. And he's completely underestimating his captain because he's still in the mindset like, these are just dumb pirates. Yeah. But his captain's like, hey, wow, you're actually really good at this. Yeah, I barely got a few shots on you. Yeah. That score was real low. Uh but anyway, welcome to Rock Squadron. You're Rock Nine, which is perfect, as we learned, because Cornhorn uh, was Rogue Nine. Yeah. And so uh, he's like, oh, sweet. I'll respond to that pretty much immediately. Yeah. I don't even need to try and think about it. Yeah. So uh, and then he's like, well, good. I'm glad you know how to fly, because as soon as we land, it's mission time. He's like, what? I've spent like half an hour flying this. Yeah. That puts you as twice as qualified as half my guys. <laughs> Look, we've got a squad full of dumb assholes. You yeah. just happen to find, like, the two good ones. <laughs> so it turns out, and this is another lucky break for him, I, I'm sure that, that uh, you know, in the first place, Horn doesn't really want to fly a lot of pirate sortie missions. No. Like, that's not going to sit well with his conscience. But luckily, just so happens that this mission is just a revenge mission against the Imperials that shot, that, that killed the pirates in the first place. Yeah, they're like, oh, the two captains, because it was two victory class Star Destroyers mm -hmm. that bombarded the planet and killed 97% of these people. And so they're like, oh, we have a super vendetta against the captains of those ships. And so they ended up getting information that one of them was on like a casino barge somewhere. And they're like, great, we're going to go there. We're going to like just take out their escorts and whatnot, have a ship pick his ass up and take him back so we can do super justice on him. Yeah, they got one of them, their Skip Ray Blast Boats. Yep. And uh, th that's going to be their, like, boarding ship, and they're going to fly uh, wings for the for the Blast Boat while, they, while they're while they out there doing their job. And he's like, oh, perfect, I can kill Imperials. I don't care about that at all. And the thing is, he because Rock Squadron is sort of the bargain basement bottom of their squadrons, he's like, oh, I'm not even doing anything. Yeah. Like, you know... The other squads are out there actually boarding and fighting stuff. I'm sitting here. Well, Rock Squadron is like 16 ships, uh, or maybe 15, like five units of three. And they are the only people sent on this mission, and they were picked at random. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That was the whole thing. And I've picked a squadron out of a hat. Yes, and got and got them. It, uh, by all means, this, this uh, mission should have gone to Bolt Squadron, because it is a big deal getting one of the two captains that fucked him up so bad. But for whatever reason, he was feeling magnanimous and handed it over at random to, to Rock Squadron. So they go out there, and sure enough, there's this casino ship. It it turns out that uh, Horn already knew about it. He was like, oh, yeah, that's that ship that's like a little bargain McDonald's version of, of uh, the Errant Venture. Yeah, it's someone took uh, a, some Corellian Corvette yeah, or something. Yeah, like a Corellian Corvette 
and did the same thing to it that Booster did to a Star Destroyer. Mm -hmm. And it's just a tiny baby version of it. But Booster's super pissed at it because they managed to paint this one red. And he's always wanted to paint a Star Destroyer red, but there isn't that much red paint in the galaxy. Yeah, the only paint color that exists at that scale is Star Destroyer white. Yeah. So, uh, so he's grumpy about that, but that means that Horn can go out there and fight them knowing he's doing a favor for his father-in-law. Yeah. And you know, he gets out there and him and his little group were just like, oh, you guys hang back. We're going to go do stuff. Yeah. So you watch us. Yeah. He blows a couple guns off things and helps fight some of the, uh, the defense ships that come out to defend the, the flying casino. Well, mostly he's just hanging out until the fucking other other ship ship shows up because you know, some other luxury liner thing shows up because it's going to go to the casino. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that like Jabba's little super yacht showed up and had some headhunters with it. Same thing here. So a yacht shows up immediately turns around because it sees there's a fight happening, but the headhunter bodyguards are like, let's go get a piece. Yeah. Now this bothers Horn. Uh, He doesn't actually, I I appreciate that he doesn't have like a half page monologue about why this bothers him. But in, instead, he just in, as soon as he sees that there are shi- there are headhunters coming from an unknown yacht, he switches his ship from the lethal t- lasers to the non-lethal ion cannon. Yeah, and he's just like, "All right, ten, you're with me. We're gonna take out some of these guys. Switch to ion cannons. Let's go." And I mean, Kate doesn't. No, that's right. She's she's a murderer, murderous uh, Shistaven, and she's not worried about that. No, she's just like, "Whatever. They're shooting at us. I will shoot at them. It's fine." Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm going to use the ion cannon and just shoot to disable. Yeah, so he shoots to disable and manages to disable of the six headhunters that show up, all of them. Yes. None of them are in the fight anymore. And even as the as Kate's like, oh, good, well, I'm going to fly in. And the one that I managed to peel the, uh, the weapons off of, I'm going to fly around for a second pass and murder it. And he's like, stand down. We don't need to kill them. They're all <laughs> they're all completely taken care of. We can just fuck off now. And she's like, but they're not dead. And he's like, yeah, but they are out of the fight. Do not do this. I am making a call. And she's all set to go kill them anyway. Why would you listen to this guy? He's been with the squadron for half an hour. Oh, yeah. But he's like, these are just fucking jobbers. These are just pilots doing their job. Mm-hmm. They were told by the yacht to come engage us so the yacht could get away. Yeah. I'm not going to kill them just for doing their job. Yeah. This is what he tells. Uh, I forget his Knive. name. Uh, no, it's not Knive. It's the dude who's his CEO, but it's not Knive. The guy in charge of Rock Squadron. Tech? Tech. Uh, Keck. Keck? Yeah, no. it's, it's K-E-C-H. Ketch. Ketch. That's yeah. it. Yeah, so so Ketch calls him over the, the the radio after he gets in this quick altercation with Kate. And Ketch is like, dude, what are you doing? Why why didn't why do you switch to ion cans? I don't understand. And he's all set with a long-winded explanation. Oh, no, it's Knive that talks It's to actually him. Knive? Yes, knife it is. Co- oh, okay. Told you. Oh, well, right. whatever. But yeah, Ketch, I was right. But Ketch is his CEO, though? <laughs> Uh, I think Ketch was just the one introducing him to all the stuff. Huh. So in any, I think that makes him a CEO then, the guy in charge of Rock Squadron. Because Knives not in charge of Rock Squadron. No. Knives is in charge of the whole pirate fleet. Oh, I know. But Knives was like, I guess, just there. He must have been there to supervise from the blast boat or something. I guess. Because he calls and he's like, hey, why didn't you kill Oh, him? well, they do drive the fucking backstab there, oh, is okay. the thing. That's so he's probably is. on the backstab. So he calls and he's like, hey, I got to know, why didn't you kill all those guys? And You Horn- used ion cannon and yeah. it took way longer and was more difficult. Were you just showing off or what? Luckily, Horn, because he's Horn has a long-winded explanation ready for everything. So he's just like, yeah, okay, so... If I killed them, then the pilot of that that uh, yacht that got away would know in the future that that uh, we shoot to kill on sight immediately, and so they would probably bring heavier armaments and also try to kill us right away. Now, when they see us, they might be more inclined to like leave us alone or something. Yeah, they know we're not here to murder them. So when they see us, instead of sending their headhunters out, they might just turn around and leave, mm-hmm. and we can go great by. Mm-hmm. And Knife is like, all right, fine, I guess I buy that. Whatever. I mean, the the whole thing is he he is just like. These are just fucking dudes doing a job. Like, yeah. I don't want to murder them. Just like You want us, me to man. murder fucking imps? Great. I'll do that. But I'm not going to just murder some random dude who was flying protection for a yacht. Yeah. And Knife is like, you know what, buddy? You're all right. I hope you rub off on us. More than we rub off on you. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of rubbing off, I'm going to go to the blowjob machine. <laughs> it's inside the ship because I'm, I'm on the backstab. <laughs> There's a whole wall of them. <laughs> yeah, you just walk up to one, someone standing next to you, you're like, hey. Hey, don't look, though. Hey, yeah. hey, having a good one? <laughs> sucking no. hard or hardly sucking? No, I have this thing set to sand. <laughs> uh, I put it on the tooth setting. 
Anyway, um, when they land, he has to have a quick alt. They don't even, it's done in the, the rear view mirror writing style where he's like, we landed and after I had a conversation with Kate, I only have a couple of scars and you can only really tell if I have a thick, uh, deep tan, but then we became friends. Cause so, so she like ripped him up real good for, yeah, she, she was like, how dare you try and stop me and from killing a guy and telling me what to do. Yeah. Which I going to chalk up to Shista Venons basically being werewolves. And so like they get the bloodlust real good. Yeah, pretty much. Because once she's on the ground, she's like the nicest member of the squadron. Yeah. And that's even mostly because she has trauma. Yeah. <laughs> e- even after she fucks him up, she votes to she votes him into being her squadron lead. Yeah. Uh, so he gets put in charge of a little th- group of three people, including her and then like a really tall lady. Yeah, there's a tall blonde human who's used to be a raider. Yeah. Like not part of this pirate group, but some other pirate group. Yeah. So there's weird tensions and she gets in a lot of fights. Yeah. We don't get to deal with her too much. Instead, we get the exact same setup that we did when he was bumming around the Jedi temple. Now that he's just going to bum, bum around on Vralnia or whatever oh, yeah. for a while. But he's like, oh, and then they made me their leader. Of course, obviously. Yeah, I, 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 I showed sh- up. They worshiped me as a god. I showed them a lighter. <laughs> I expected no less. After all, I did take over the Jedi Temple for a while there, too. But he's like, anyway, so the first month I was here, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I can't wait for him to rescue Mirax and be, and have her be like, so uh, how long was I out? And he's like, well, I spent four months at the Jedi Temple, a few months being a pirate, three days with my granddad. I hope you didn't have plans for the last year. <laughs> yeah, I hope most of your, I don't know, business is fine running on autopilot without you for... Ooh, the better part of a year and a half. You know, at one point I just bought a camping backpack and bummed around Naboo for a while. (laughs) I really found myself (laughs) in a blowjob machine. (laughs) Is that why you've got that fake-ass Naboo accent? (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's a real uh, culture shock being back from Naboo. Issa B, real culture shock. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's just been so long. (laughs) Now, come on. We're going to go see the bosses. (laughs) would you stop talking like a gungan no <laughs> absolutely not they're my people now in fact i did a 23 they made me an honorary gungan mm-hmm. i can say the g word now <laughs> you know i even sent it a 23 and me profile and found out i'm two percent gungan on my father's side <laughs> so you know that, i always thought i knew that also took another couple of months <laughs> I had to wait for the results to get back. You understand. You understand completely. I couldn't rescue you unless I knew for sure. Look, if you're feeling bad about this, let me just play you an apology song on the saxophone, which I taught myself <laughs> while you were in your coma. <laughs> I I decided part of my scheme to get aboard the Invidious was to pose as a saxophonist. Now, of course, I needed to become a virtuoso saxophone player, so that took several years. That's how I became in charge of Figrin Don's modal nodes. They're now, they're now called Corn Horns, Horns Modal Nodes, and hon, I'm just super into jizz whaling now. <laughs> Look, I'm a Gungan jizz whaler, and you're just going to have to deal with it. That's me. <laughs> now, let's talk about who you are. I can hardly remember you. It's been 10 years since I left. By the way, would you like me to list all the hot women I met the whole time and how they were hot and how hot they were? You know, in comparison to you, but how I would never cheat on you. (laughs) How each one of them, I was like, ooh, I would totally cheat on my wife with her if I would cheat on my wife, which I wouldn't. Because I love my wife. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, yeah, he settles in at this fucking planet uh, for some time, I guess. And does the same thing he did at the Jedi Temple, which is where I started that long rant, uh, which is going on long walks and runs. And yeah. in this case, Kate starts joining him. Uh, luckily, well, yeah. Kate's a schist of Venom, so we don't have to hear about how hot she is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's trying to fit in. He's like, all right, you know, I'll go to the local bar. I'll hang out with the pirates. Oh, there's all this crap about how the there's a bad neighborhood in this city. That has yeah, a name. it's the aviary, and then, because it's where the pilots no, hang no, out. there's a bad neighborhood in the city, and within that bad neighborhood is a smaller bad neighborhood called the aviary, where the pilots hang out. <laughs> <laughs> we should learn so much. And there's bar, we learn the name of a bar in the aviary, in the, in the bad neighborhood, in the bigger bad neighborhood, in the city on the planet, in the solar system that he lives in. Uh, and then he, he goes there with Kate and have a couple of drinks, and that's when we finally get Remart to show up again. Yeah, Remart shows up, and... He starts digging into uh, Kate because he's like, oh, hey, I dainty, and you better watch out that you don't get ticks, spelled with a CQ for yeah, some space, reason. Yeah, space ticks. Ticks. 
<laughs> and should have gone with Drox. You know, we already have an established type of creepy little space bug in Star Wars. Yeah, thanks but to Planet of Twilight. No one knows what those are. Those are only on that planet. Eh, everything's on every planet. That's the rule of Star Wars expanded universe novels. As soon as you decide, it's on every planet. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, I hope you don't get space ticks. And, <laughs> and instead of, like, letting her deal with it or anything, he's like, no, you know what? It's time for me to have that moment where I'm a big asshole to someone. I think he can see her shifting around in her seat. Like he's he can he senses the trauma and he's like, yeah, oh. he's like, oh, I'm getting both anger and fear for some reason off yeah. of her. But he, oh man, he is so bad at getting in fights because he he's one of those like TV tropes levels of I I get to do insults and you'll never let just interrupt me or anything type guys where he's like, oh, you know, yeah, she said she used to have a tick problem. Until you moved away. Then she said she didn't anymore have the tick problem well, that mean, she had. That was all part of making fun of him because he's like, oh, yeah, she didn't have any of that once you left. And Remart's like, what? And he's like, all right, hold on. Yeah. What I'm saying is she had a problem with vermin. And then you left the squad and the vermin problem left. So you see what the joke is implying mm -hmm. is that you carry vermin. Yeah. And I was like, both I those, like that. Both those things are true. He goes on for too long, and then he explains again. Uh, but yeah, it, it, basically at that point, uh, Remart knows he's been insulted uh, and decides to pivot and go after Horn for being Corellian. Oh, yeah. And Horn's like, you think I haven't heard literally every Corellian joke there is? Let me recite them for you. And holy shit, folks, let me just go ahead and tell you, all jokes about Corellians are bad. Yep. Just real shitty, dumb, take awful too jokes. long. No, they, no one, no one in Star Wars understands pithy jokes. It's always fucking shaggy dog shit that takes too long. Where he's like, "How come? How many Corellians does it take to change a light bulb?" I don't know. It takes none Corellians to change a light bulb because if a Corellian changed a light bulb, then the lights would come on and people would be able to tell that the Corellians were cheating at back. See. But it isn't. It's very pithy, and you're just being angry. <laughs> eh, I'm being angry because it's not very pithy. No, it's but it's, it's, it's a standard you know how what? many it's, light bulb you know, joke. It's better than the Lando stuff in that one book, but it yes. still it still could use a cup an editing pass. But he just does this for a while until he does a joke where he's like, "Oh, and, uh, Corellian got the dumbest dog Lech. or whatever Lech. Uh, and he couldn't neck, think neck. of a name, so we called it Remart because he couldn't think of anything dumber." And he's like, okay, that ought to get him to swing on me. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, Remart takes a swing at him, but he uses his force powers to roll with the punch really well. Yeah. That's all like, he does. Well, he's like, oh, I can tell you were going to tr throw a punch before you knew you were going to throw a punch. So I just let you get a, a, like, hit, but not a solid hit. Now, he's already heard the rules from Knive himself about violence inside of the pirate outfit. If any pirate fights another pirate... That pirate is put to death immediately. Well, if anyone kills, kills another, another one. But he also the, the, he also will punish any anyone not with death for fighting. No fighting in the pirate outfit. He's like, yeah, we're all a group. Don't fuck up. Yeah. So he gets Remart mad enough to take a swing at him. And then he once he takes the hit, he's like, ah, damn, you punched like a Chadra fan. All right. So anyway, no report. And I'm going to go back to my drink and you just stagger on back to whatever shithole you lived in. And. Remart tries to get him from behind then, and he just spins around and basically jabs him in the throat and is like, buddy, you get I one. need you to fuck off. I love, he gives him, he's like, hey, first punch was free, buddy. No more punches are coming in, all right? And as the dude staggers away, unable to breathe and collapses into a table full of more bolt pilots, who, do, of course, yeah. scooch away from him because they're like, we don't like this dumb asshole either. We don't like him being in our squadron any more than you liked him in yours. And and uh, that's one point where Horn's like, oh, thank God. I was really worried that they'd have like camaraderie or whatever. So he's like, hey, you two, uh, take him back to wherever and tell your captain that I'll talk to her if she wants to talk to me about this bullshit. Yeah, your bill is on me. I'll pay for your tab and uh, I'll get a tab for a couple other bolt people. Just get this asshole out of here. Then he's like, you and me, Kate, let's walk. Uh, random tall blonde lady who's my other person. Here's some money. Pay for a bunch of this shit, and then I want my change. <laughs> I, I want the squad to show up early in the morning to for practice, and I want my change back. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes out and walks with Kate and asks what's, what the deal is. And she's like, yeah, he managed to goad me into fighting him and won. Uh, no, he, she's like, he, he broke me. Yeah, he said. broke me because he managed to make me believe that he was my friend used my confidence in him to learn all about me 
and then just used all of my worst fears against me and was just a huge bully. Yes. And uh, beyond that as well, we learn that um, she is she thinks she's uh, suffering from albinism because her mother was an imperial experiment. Yeah, it's like, oh, the Empire experimented on my mom and. I kind of hate the Empire, and that's the whole reason I joined up with pirates in the first place, was her, to get back at them. Her mom is also the only other Shistavenin she's ever met, so she's never really felt part of any group. Yeah, and so, that's, you know, what Remart used to fuck with her in the first place. Yeah. So this is the thing where Horn's like, damn, these pirates have, like, stories and shit, and I'm starting to get invested. <laughs> <laughs> damn, all right. I had to blow up so many pirates before today. <laughs> <laughs> but then she's like, oh, and also... It's fine. I can tell you this because you aren't, like, trying to get on my good side and be my friend. Like, Remart wormed his way in. You have brought this out instead. Yeah. And uh, also, I can tell you have secrets and shit, too. Yeah, because she, like, tries to interrogate him. And his he's like, what's your story? And he comes up with this thing where he's like, well, I have to work in that I came here on a stolen luxury liner. Well, yeah, uh, she's like, look, I can tell you have secrets. He's like, what secrets? Oh, uh, you're looking for your lover and she's not here. And he's like, God damn. All right. Well, she's a dog. She smelled it. Yeah. That's what she's just like. She's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> you're looking for a lost love and she's not an invid. <laughs> huh? Whoa. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> and, and so he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, she he basically sprints a story about seal, the, the woman he used to date who owns the Tinta luxury line. Yeah. He's like, oh, my love, uh, is an heir to the Tinta fortune and I'm not allowed to date her because her family thinks I'm only in it for the money. Mm -hmm. So I'm joining pirates and the invids so that I can wreck the Tinta fortune and name and everything. And then she'll be available. And then I'll get her. But I want them to know it was me that wrecked their company and that's why i'm doing this and i'll make a bunch of money on the way yeah and she's like uh sure i can i guess i can buy that uh and then he's like so anyway how do i get on board the invidious and she's like well there are two ways either you're a really fucking good pilot you get elevated to bolt squadron and then you get scouted by the by, by uh people from the invidious who only look at bolt squadron yeah or you're a hot enough dude that tin that uh tavira brings you online for her basically fuck boy harem that she has on there yeah you get to go up there and, I don't know, wear oil and booty shorts, and uh -huh. that's your job. <laughs> and one thing I appreciated from this episode was, was our book was, chapter series, was Horn telling us that he's weirdly short. I didn't know that, but he's like, he's like I'm not a tall man, guys. I'm like 5'5", five five, so I don't think I'm going to make it into her personal harem. I guess I'll have to be a good pilot. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> fucking Kate is like. I don't know. I, you probably look good enough for a human. You could, you could probably get in there, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. Well... Pilot it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's because of him being distasteful or if he's like, this lady is a wolf person. She doesn't know if I'm hot or not, but I do. I mean, I assumed it was, all right, so my options are be a pilot or be a sex boy. I mean, well, ba <laughs> based on the cover, he's Charles Dance. <laughs> like, he's far too young for the, the the art on the cover of this book, but he looks fucking like Charles Dance. It's true. <laughs> So, so anyway, uh, he's like, great pilot it is. And that's the end of the book. Yeah. The chapter. No, that's the end of the book. We're done. The whole book is he fucks around. <laughs> so, uh, good times that next time I assume he'll fuck around with these fucking pirates for three more chapters. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, definitely he's going to be like, all right, now Kate's going to find a way to get me on a bolt squadron. That'll take a chapter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need to have a chapter where I'm in Bolt Squadron and prove my bona fides, mm -hmm. and then I'll need another chapter to set up that they have scouted me, and then I'll have to be like, oh, let me talk to my pirate friends before I leave, and then the end of that chapter will be, and now to go to the Invidious. Is my assumption based on the pacing of this book? <laughs> it's funny, I know that this is a standalone novel, and yet we are like two-thirds of the way through, and it feels like it hasn't even started. <laughs> It's it's weird that two-thirds of this book feels like a clip show of other novels. Yes. And we're, like, not even done. Like, even in these chapters, we still had more connections to the George Cardis story that's going to happen for other people in another book. It's so weird. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's the chapters. Um, we're going to go make our bonus content now. How about that, huh? Yeah, how about it? If you want some of that bonus content, then all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $2 level. We'll go find dumb stories on Wikipedia. We'll tell them to each other. We'll tell them to you. We'll tell them to God himself. And, <laughs> and he'll be like, damn, seriously? <laughs> Whoa, weird. <laughs> I haven't really been paying attention to what's been going down oh, there. That's nuts. Hey, Seraphim, come take a look at this. <laughs> And they come over there and they're like wings and eyes and they're like just <laughs> singing holy praises. <laughs> Man, I was so high when I made you. <laughs> and uh, that's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level. And if you can't support us there, that's understand understandable. Just, you know, leave us a nice review somewhere. And if you're looking for more ways to support us, our new book just came out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, our new cookbook. You can go find it at uh, Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, it's called The Dungeon Meister Cookbook, 75 recipes of awesome stuff to be ready for your next game night, good times. And if you've already bought it, then I gotta, I, I'm got i under obligation to inform you that the next step is to beg you to leave a nice review for us wherever it is that you bought it, because that'll help more people find it. Yep. Good reviews for the podcast, the book, whatever. Review us. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just just write a little note to yourself yeah, right now because yeah. you'll forget. Put it put a five star review for it on Amazon.com and mention that it has a blowjob machine in it. And uh and, and then you know, more people will buy it. So. Yeah. And then return it. And then return it. Yeah, there you and go. They'll be like, I tried to stick my dick in this book and it didn't quite work. Well, <laughs> I mean, I got it done. Look, I, <laughs> I get business done, okay? I don't not come. That's what the family name implies. That's, the family name? Oh, yeah, that's our big fan. Jonathan does come. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, sir. <laughs> I've been Elastic Spagano. <laughs> and I love blowjob machines. Blowjob machines.